Welcome to America the Bazaar. I'm your host, Jordan Rausch. And I'm Jeremy. This is a weekly history podcast that deep dives into all the stories that made America into the beautiful weirdo she is today. Yep. All those stories you never learned in history class. That's right. (laughs) I'm kind of excited for this one because I think you're going to get grossed out. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I know I'm definitely the... um, the stronger stomach of the two of us i can handle way more gross stuff than you can (laughs) i handle gross stuff just not well (laughs) yeah that's what i'm saying that i can i I handle it better all right there's very few times that i actually puke on stuff that grosses me out well but you have yes that's the difference between (laughs) us I always joke that I should have been a dermatologist because yeah. I love watching like those pimple popping oh, videos. Yeah, yeah. No. I could totally somebody Mm-mm. pays me like good money to pop their zits. I know. I missed opportunity. It is. I guess I should go back to dermatology. I should go to medical school. Mm-hmm. Be a d- dermatologist. Yeah, worth it. <laughs> All right, but before we get into the gross stuff that I'm so looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, presidential trivia for this week. Yeah, let's hear it. And instead of guessing a president, the question is, what does the S and Harry S. Truman stand for? Mm. Got any guesses? I don't. Okay. Well, the answer will be at the end of this episode. Awesome. So stay tuned. All right. Gross gross stuff. Gross American stuff. history. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Well, you did okay during the Kentucky meat shower. So. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> Which was literally just a uh, vulture vomit. Yeah. Raining down on a couple of poor farmers. Yeah. So we had a we had a in one of my law school classes tonight actually. Um there was a case and the professor was like, or uh, the case was like, yeah, the, the, the driver of this vehicle was like, this cow fell out of the sky. And I was instantly like, but it wasn't cut up. So it couldn't have been a Bowie knife <laughs> tornado. Right. <laughs> was it a, just a regular tornado? No, it was a cow that fell off a cliff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, anyways, it uh, just, I mean, there's a picture of the car, it was, <laughs> you could see the cow, almost cartoonish, like you could see the cow outline in the hood of the car. I just, <laughs> that has to be the scariest moment of that person's life. Oh, absolutely. Alright, so we'll get into it. Yeah. There is a stereotype of poor Southern Americans being lazy and dumb. I'm sure we've all seen the caricatures of, like, the backwoods hillbillies. And the memes. Yes. <laughs> so this characterization began popping up in art and literature after the Civil War ended. In the South, these people that seemed to have a deep aversion to work and knowledge were known as dirt eaters because many of them also ate dirt. What? <laughs> yeah. Other symptoms of these people were yellow skin, dry, dull hair, 
lackluster fishy eyes, like it was like a fishy stare. Yeah. Bloated stomachs and intense melancholy. Hmm. Also, uh, like shoulder blades that would stick up, like kind of stick out that were hmm. more pronounced from hunching. Hmm. And skinny necks. And skinny necks. Mm-hmm. So like kind of skinny necks, hunched with like a pot belly. Yeah. And that's kind of fish what, eyes and f- like dull fishy like stares. Yeah. <laughs> Many of these children were undersized and underdeveloped. Many of the teenagers looked like they were only six or eight years old, while some of the adults could pass off as tweens. Southerners would call this affliction the lazy sickness or the big lazy. Most of the medicine that was prescribed was just alcohol, and many became dependent on it, and then they were turned into alcoholics as well. So they're prescribing alcohol to kids? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's healthy. Yes. <laughs> so now not only are they lazy and dumb, but they're also Alcohol. alcoholics as well. They have an addiction. Yes. In 1902, Dr. Charles W. Stiles, a zoologist from New York City that had been educated in Europe, was tasked by the Department of Agriculture to visit the South and educate the farmers down there on how to keep their animals healthy. While in the South trading animals, Stiles was taken aback by these dirt eaters and how unhealthy they all looked. Stiles was sure that this wasn't just a cultural trait of the South, but something must actually be making these people an sick. Illness, an illness. He was like, these people are just, they're actually sick. sick. They're yeah. not just, like, these aren't just like they Southern people. They don't have people. the big lazy. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't just like genetics or, yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah, so some of the so, symptoms... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so. so some of the symptoms reminded him of a parasite known as a hookworm that he had studied back in Europe. However, the hookworm had never been identified in America before. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's a parasite. Yep. <laughs> Hookworms enjoy loamy soil and feces along with a humid climate. If an animal or human steps on a hookworm larva that is hiding out in the soil, the larva will burrow through the skin like a corkscrew. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Once this happens, the host will develop an itchy sore on their foot that is known as groundage. Mm. I mean, yeah, because something corkscrewed through your foot. Right. <laughs> Once the larva is inside the body... They will make their way into the bloodstream, so they get through your skin, then they get in your bloodstream, and then they hitch a ride along your bloodstream all the way to your lungs. Wow. Then, while in your lungs, they like... So they're tiny then. Oh, they're, yeah. Microscopic. They're, they're itsy-bitsy. Yeah, okay. So then once... It's not like you'd see one of these on the ground then. I mean. No. Not a larva. No. Yeah. Um. So once they're in your lungs, they cause... When, so they're just hanging out in your lungs. Then that makes you have like an irritating, like dry cough. Yeah. So then you cough them up. They literally shoot out of like your throat, like to the back of your mouth, back of your throat. Then you swallow them down your esophagus. Oh my goodness. Which then they make their way down your digestive system oh. into your small intestines. So they travel all over That's up so in crazy. there. So they start off in your foot. Yep. Bloodstream. Bloodstream. Lungs. Yep. Cough them up into your throat. Yep. Now we're in our stomachs. Yep. Wow. When they make their way to your small intestine. 
which is is where they like to be. That's where they latch on at. Mm -hmm. Once in the small intestine, the larva grows into an adult, where that then uses its fangs to latch onto the inner lining of the small intestine and start sucking out blood like a leech and keep growing larger. While the worm is there, the host will feel extremely exhausted and seem like they're in a deep haze, which could come across as being dim-witted. While still sucking on blood off of the host, a female hookworm can lay up to anywhere between... This is going to gross you out. Don't take a drink right now. Okay. Anywhere between 5,000 and 25,000 eggs in a single day. Ooh. Yeah. Just in your gut. Ooh. So that probably just all goes in your poo. Right. And then so you poop out the eggs. Mm-hmm. And so then the eggs are now in your poop outside and in the soil. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're just hanging out. Wait, so what, what time frame are we at? Modern plumbing's not a thing yet? No. What year was it? This is like the late late 1800s. Yeah, so like early probably 1900s. like sweat trenches and yeah. outhouses. and. Yep, exactly. Rich people usually used like bedpans and yeah. that kind of thing, but yeah. more of these poor people, yeah, they were just going outside. Yeah. Yeah. Probably had an area, an outhouse. They probably had an outhouse and then they would just like... Yeah. Use the fertilizer. Right. So I actually have a picture. You want to see? No. Of what? You sure? Uh, what is it of? T- tell me first before I look. It's a hookworm. Oh, just like a microscope picture? Yeah. Okay. That guy. Oh. It's that guy. Yeah. I feel like I saw that on like Magic School Bus or something. Like they got <laughs> one of those on Magic School Bus. You know? Yeah. So they're basically... Miss Frizzle? Yeah. So they're basically (laughs) like a tube of teeth. Yeah. So the worms can live up to five years inside of a host. And in extreme cases, 20 years. What? So you're thinking a female hookworm living in you for five years, she's laying like 10,000 eggs a day. A day. Yeah. Five to... You said five to 25,000? Mm-hmm. My gosh. Yeah. And then you just you just keep getting new ones, right? Because and they have if you if once you're like if you got it in your area, like you and all your family probably end up with it so because easily because everybody's pooping out thousands of eggs eggs a day. So a worm, each worm sucks about one one hundredth of a teaspoon of blood a day. And while that seems small, it only takes 25 worms to create an iron deficiency for a child or a pregnant woman. Mm-hmm. So that's only 25 worms. And you're thinking some people could have hundreds or more of, or more of worms inside their body yeah, at any time. Yeah. If a person was already malnourished, like many poor people in the South were at mm-hmm. this time, and not getting their daily dose of iron, the effects could be severe. Iron is critical in child development. It helps girls start to menstruate and boys hit their growth spurts. It is also immensely important for brain function and development. So if you have a severe severe deficiency as a child, you could have irreversible cognitive and intellectual defects. Iron deficiency will also make you very tired and want to do nothing but sleep and feel a need to eat dirt in order to get your iron. What? Because you're, it's like, you're so... So these people are like, it's just a biological reaction to To this. try to like, yeah, just get just it in their bodies. Dirt. Yeah. But then I guess maybe it becomes like a cultural norm. 
Because they're just like, it, everybody's it, just eating dirt. It didn't seem like it was a cultural norm. It seemed like people that didn't feel like they needed to eat dirt were like, these people are weird. Yeah. And so then it was like, oh, they became a dirt eater. And it was like, you would like make fun of them. This they're like, like, oh, they're a dirt alien, eater. Like, <laughs> weird. Like, took oh over gosh. these people's bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Southerners in low socioeconomic classes often went without wearing shoes until they were in their teens. People just couldn't afford shoes. Right. And it was warm out because it's yeah. the South, so you right. just didn't wear shoes, especially yeah. as a child. They're more hassle than they are worth. Right. Well, I'm sure, yeah, expensive and... Yeah. Then they just get muddy and... Right, so... It rains so much. Yeah, and like you were talking about before, many of these families did not have even a proper outhouse, Mm -hmm. so they often did their business outdoors. Along with that, some farmers used night soil, which do you know what night soil is? Yeah, it's poop soil. It's, yeah, human poop. Yeah. That they'll, then they just use for fertilizer in their garden. Yeah. So then you've got like all of these people working in the the garden garden without without shoes shoes on, and they're just... Hookworms are just living the life, man. Oh, my gosh. Styles was sure that the hookworm was the cause for the South's symptoms. He was like, I've seen this, this in animals. Is, yeah. Like, This is it. This is it. <laughs> and it's, Isn't that crazy? Like, he just was, like, observing. Because he was there for he, helping farms, farmers. Farmers just with their livestock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like diagnosing these people well he was like these people are not okay yeah people were like oh it's just lazy dumb southerners and the southerners were like those are just dirt eaters yeah those are the dirt eaters yeah the, they got the big lazy they got the big lazy huh. that's it he's like no i will not i'm not just going to accept that the old the old roushes they got the big lazy you know <laughs> yeah, they exactly. pooping in their garden yeah so, in his spare time, Styles started to collect samples, which meant he was collecting people's poop and checking it for worms. Ooh. That's how you check people. Right. And it didn't take long for Styles to find any worms. Drum roll. Brrr. Yeah. He, oh. fa- he, he found worms. Oh. That was it. <laughs> he was like, ah, here they are. Yeah. Knew weird. it. Yeah. Called it. While visiting a family farm in Florida, Dr. Stiles noticed that both parents and all five children seemed to be afflicted with hookworm symptoms. Stiles also noticed 15 children's graves behind the house. So they had 21 children. 20 children, yeah. Five kids living. Oh, five 15. Yeah. yeah. 20 kids and 15 of them died. Wow. When Stiles asked the local doctor what had killed all of the children, because even then he's like, I know a lot of kids die these days, but, but that's, that's, uh, that's That's insane. excessive, yeah. The doctor replied, I don't know what you'd call it, but if you can tell me what is killing that girl there, and he like pointed at a little girl who was tiny and malnourished and eating dirt, I'll tell you what was the matter with the others. He's, so the doctor's like, we don't know. Hmm. It's the big lazy. Mm-hmm. You tell me. Yeah. Once he had collected enough samples that were filled with hookworms, Stiles went to the doctors in the South to tell them about his findings and sharing with them the simple treatment to cure it. However, the doctors told Stiles that he was a zoologist, not a doctor, and that he should just stick with animals. Stick with the thing he knows. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, he's coming to them with evidence. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. People are so proud. Well, and that was a huge part of it. The idea that a large proportion of Southerners were infected with a parasite that lived in feces 
was horrifying, and they didn't want the South to be associated with that. Yeah. They also took offense that a Yankee was telling them that they were dumb and lazy, and but, you know, with an explanation. Yeah. And they said to Styles, where was the hookworm when it took three Yankees to take out one rebel boy in the in the war? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, the, kind of that thinking. <laughs> oh but it's kind of like, yeah, this it's Yankee. It's still like a lot of animosity. And he's towards... like, well, and also I think he's very, he's still like. He's an uppity Yankee, too. Like, he's this boy that was, like, born in the North. He went to Europe to, like, study zoology. He works for the government. And he's like, hey. he's there to help Hey, guys, I figured it out. And they're like, no, you didn't. This is the big lazy. That's not what it is. (laughs) The air's just too thick down here. Oh, you think all of us Southerners just have worms in our bodies? Yeah. 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 No, the air's just so thick down here. Yeah. It's hard to move. It's hard to move. (laughs) It's like you're swimming through air. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, not making any progress in the South, Stiles returned North to attend the 1902 Pan American Sanitary Congress, which that must be a blast and a half. Yeah, a bunch of lively folks. (laughs) I bet they tie one on. (laughs) Everybody wash their hands. Everybody get their hand sanitizer. All Right. right, let's get started. Yeah. So, there he spoke to several others about his hypothesis of the hookworms in the South. The next morning, a a New York newspaper published an article that stated that the germ of laziness had been discovered. Other newspapers and magazines printed that same phrase, and word of the hookworms in the South began to spread. Many Southerners were upset, still, and felt that they were being ridiculed by Northerners. Though some were still... Yeah, yeah, I mean, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yeah. You are. Yeah. I mean, at this point... They're like, the Northerners like, hey, we have proof that you're dumb and lazy now. Yeah. This guy said so. But there's there's a cure. Yeah, but there's there's a cure. But good thing, like, we can save you. Well, maybe not for the adults, but... So, Your kids will be better. Yeah. There There were some people in the South, though, that were open and, you know kind of almost desperate, like, yeah. willing to try. Yeah. One Southern Daily newspaper wrote, We have known the poor whites for generations, and no one has ever explained their condition satisfactor- satisfactorily. Here is a man who claims that he has found the cause of their worthlessness and inefficiency. Now, in all fairness, do not let us go off the handle as some of our esteemed contemporaries have done, but let us hear him out. Perhaps he is a fool, but perhaps he is not. It is just possible that he knows what he is talking about. In justice to the poor whites, let us hear what he has to say. And also, I should mention that, um, like, black people were also getting this, yeah. and so were the native Indians, but also, like, newspapers and everything. They, it's yeah. the South. They only care about whites. Yeah. So, that's, that's what a, you hear about them caring. systemic racism. Yes. So, news of the hookworms finally made their way to John D. Rockefeller, who was just, at least for this story, all we're going to say is was a very rich man. Yeah. <laughs> he was many things. Yes. He had been actively searching for the right philanthropy project to spend his money on. Rockefeller didn't want to spend money on income inequality because he didn't want to mess with capitalism. Right. But he was interested in investing in healthcare. Thanks, rich white man. He kind of felt that you, if you invest in healthcare and you save some people's lives, they'll feel very indebted to you. Yeah. So that's kind of what he was looking to invest his money in. God. There's, he, like, there's always an angle. There's oh, yeah. always an angle, always. I feel like that. God. It's, 
something. Mm. He also figured that if he could get Southerners healthy enough, that they would be more productive in the work environment and would be a better investment for the future. It was estimated that hookworms could have been costing the state of South Carolina around $30 million a year, with the majority of that number coming from the loss of people being able to work. Is that in today's dollars? Uh, no, this was like early 1900s. So billions? Just a, just a, yeah. Because just, of the workforce on the farms and stuff, like not having laborers and well, stuff? Well, yeah, like in the, yeah, all of these people that now are just basically that invalids. That had been today's money. Well, this was a very old article. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess tobacco was, it was probably tobacco. Tobacco and cotton and all of that. Yeah. I mean, this was from, this was happening to people in the South from East Texas all the way to Virginia and down. Wow. This was widespread. Wow. Mm. In 1909, Rockefeller created the Rockefeller Sanitary Commission for the Eradication of Hookworm Disease. Which is a very long name, but Wait, very is, specific. But what does the acronym spell? That's the most it's important thing. R S C E H D. Or yeah, you know the R S C E H D. You know that that one. Yeah. Um, and he donated one million dollars to help it get started. Wycliffe Rose was chosen to run the newly created organization. He was a professor of philosophy in Nashville, so even though he didn't have a medical degree. He was a Southerner, and that was a good first step. Yeah. They needed to get somebody from the South in there. Yeah, absolutely. They were not going to trust the Yankee program. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Rose's first course of action was to send doctors that had just graduated from medical school to visit towns all across the South. Mm-hmm. A few weeks before the doctors were supposed to arrive in the town, the organization would run newspaper articles in the local papers explaining hookworms and set educational resources to the schools so that children would find out about the hookworms and then go home and tell their parents. Oh. It was kind of like, you know, when we were in elementary school where they would just be like a lot of like anti-like smoking and stuff yeah. like resources and it kind of was like hey go tell your parents like smoking's bad don't, yeah that smoking is bad and yeah. that kind of thing yeah. i think this was like hey go tell your parents about hookworms yeah yeah also tell them they need to buy 50 boxes of cookies and yeah well and also <laughs> because if you had gotten hookworms as a child you probably weren't that literate and right. so like seeing things running in the newspaper and flyers around town that wasn't getting to you so at least your child that was in school could yeah. like be at least hearing this and reading about it and then would go home and tell you right so that was kind of their plan too god i hope they put the pictures on there because that was terrifying right <laughs> so you need to know that reminds me of like tremors like the big oh that movie with kevin bacon yeah <laughs> you know the big worms the big worms that yeah. pop out of the yeah. ground and... that's what that reminded me of yeah. too yeah I think They're just microscopic. Yeah, I think tremors. Those are just hookworms on like that got into Steroids. a nuclear facility. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they took a they got into an HGH facility. Yeah, exactly. Human growth hormone facility, <laughs> <laughs> and then we shipped them over to Chernobyl for a few for a little years, bit. Yeah, and then they came back. <laughs> yeah. 
So then the commission also asked the teachers to collect stool samples from their students what? so that they could be tested when the doctors got to town. Poor teachers. We have never paid them enough. <laughs> never. Never. Jens, if you're listening to this, <laughs> my God, I hope you never have to collect your students' stool sample. We always ask way too much for teachers yes. from teachers. Absolutely. Uh, Thomas D. Clark, uh, a historian, he wrote in his memoir that the Winston County Journal ran a blood-curdling illustration of a greatly enlarged female hookworm. So they did show a picture yeah, of the yeah, hookworm. Yeah, yeah, That's what it needs. That's yeah. terrifying. But he said that it resembled a diamondback rattlesnake more than a worm, is what he thought. I think he was what? thinking of the teeth that you mm. saw, like the fangs that yeah. you saw. I became so frightened. Yeah, and it's living inside of you. Yeah. He then went on to say, I became so frightened at this at the prospect of being tested that I was constipated for a week. <laughs> His teacher's like, you gotta poop in this. And he's like, I can't. I can't do it. Mm-mm. Not gonna. <laughs> can't make me. <laughs> I'm not gonna see if something like that's coming out of my butt. Yeah. No, honestly, that is, like, you know, so when, when I was in, I, I went down to South America and I got, drank some bad water. Yeah. That's a long story. I could... I should make a podcast of my stories. You should. <laughs> I should. Your long, long I tell stories. Really, I tell really long stories. But, like, that's was my biggest fear, though, was, like, getting back and then finding out that I had something living inside me. That was like watching uh, well, was, The Mummy. Oh, with know, all like, those, like, little bugs, bugs that would that, get under that your skin? would get under your skin. Well, like, that's just, like, what I think of. I know they're microscopic or whatever, but it just freaks freaks me out freaks me out well it didn't help that before you left for ecuador all of your friends kept showing you those bot fly videos of yeah. like the bot flies hatching yeah. out like yeah. out of people's skin yeah friends yeah yeah, yeah they were friends <laughs> Loose yeah. Term. i guess yeah <laughs> oh so uh there were some rural schoolhouses that had their entire student bodies test positive for hookworms yeah not surprising because if it's if it's one of those things, it's like, it's just so easy to get it's them. So prominent, yeah. And and I mean, I know it's not transmitted the same as like normal germs, right? But still. But I mean, when everybody has a garden, yeah. And gosh, if you're over, I guess if you're visiting the neighbors and you gotta go, like you just go in there. Well, and the thing too that garden. I guess I didn't bring up is that. Also, a lot of these people in the rural south are farmers, too, yeah. with animals, and animals can get it, too, and then animals poop. So, if you're also, like, messing around with your animals, and, and you're walking, just, And you're not wearing shoes. And you're not wearing shoes. Like, like, get these people some shoes. Yeah. Give them the... What was it? The cures it? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. 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 But get these people some shoes, and that would probably pretty much stop the... Yeah. The spread. Right. Well, and also, um, so we're talking about walking through poop, but they said, like, if the poop was in grass and dew had hit the grass that morning, the hookworms could have been, like, also shot up by the dew up to, like, the top blades of grass, too. Oh. So they're also just, like, also hanging out the top of the grass, too. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. They're just really, they're just just everywhere. Just just literally hookworms everywhere. Yeah. The doctors would then show up in town with their microscope and a large tent that would serve as their clinic. Some of the doctors visited towns that were so isolated that the townspeople still spoke Elizabethan English. Wow. Yeah. 
Like, nobody had just, like, visited them in so long. That is crazy. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to think that they just existed. Right. You know? Like, without... Like, they just... They got the food that they needed, probably yes. from passers... Like, you know, traders who, like, spent very little time there. Like, right. passed through... Like, they were like, we're selling all our stuff here, and we are GTFOing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, after setting up their clinic, which was usually on the weekend so that people wouldn't have to miss work, the doctors would welcome people to come listen to their presentations about hookworms and then their instructions about how to construct a well-built outhouse so that nobody would get reinfected. So, Mm. like, all right, this is why hookworms are so bad. These are why they're doing the bad things to you. And then let's talk about how once we treat you, you don't get reinfected. One of the big things is going to be keeping your poo out of where you walk. Right. Like, that's the number one. Yeah. Yeah, because they really don't probably have the way, the means to get shoes. Yeah, they said that even with the the million dollars, there is still no way for them to buy shoes for all of these people. Why didn't he just get into the manufacturing business? I mean, because... Rockefeller, he just he just is like, oh, a million dollars seems like a lot. Yeah, and but, like, but you I mean, could have like done he, more. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm saying like from a business standpoint, like, right. To me, it seems like yeah, if these people are getting them on their feet, let's build a shoe factory in the South. Right. But I guess they were. But mostly... then you don't have people to work the shoe factory because they have the hookworms, and then it's a. <laughs> uh, you gotta have planned growth. Planned growth. Yeah. Make it work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that he, that he, he needed the money. I right. Mean, Jesus. So people would then get in line to get tested for hookworms. Since they could be spending all day at the tent clinic, many showed up with potato salad and fried chicken to make a day out of it. Nice. Some couples even showed up and asked if they could get married in the tent since it was one of the nicer structures around. Oh, really? They're like, look at this great big tent can yeah. we get married here today yeah <laughs> well we also get tested for butt worms hookworms <laughs> yeah, worms, yeah. <laughs> take my sample let me know we're gonna be over there getting married <laughs> <laughs> at least in front of it <laughs> yeah. so the people that were that tested positive for hookworms were given epsom salt and thymol along that's with- it that's it. That's all it takes to kill. Well, I don't know worms. what thymol is. Thymol is oil made from thyme. Oh. So it's probably thymol, now that I think about it. T H Y M O L. Phonetics strikes again. But they were also given a set of very specific instructions on how to take them because thymol could be poisonous if taken with any food or drink that had alcohol, fats, or oil in it. Like on the same day that you took like the medicine. Like fried chicken or potato salad? Yes. <laughs> like, like both of those. One patient suffered through a severe thymol poisoning after he l- took a large drink of milk shortly after taking the medicine. He's like, I'm just going to wash this down with some milk. And then he was dizzy and vomited and had diarrhea and felt like he was going to die. He's like, these dang Yankees (laughs) tricking us. (laughs) However, if the medicine was taken correctly, the patient could expect to be rid of their hookworms anywhere between one and ten weeks. That's how long the, like, regiment was to take the time all? No, I believe you only had to... 
take it once, and then it just took that long to kill all of the hookworms, depending on how badly you were infected. That's how long it took to get rid of them all. Most of it was one week. Some of the more extreme cases was 10 weeks. And they probably were like, hey, you have a lot of hookworms. You probably need to take a couple doses. It probably just depended on the person. Results of the testing revealed that 7.5 million Southerners had hookworm, which meant that up to 40% of the population from southeastern Texas to West Virginia and down were infected. My gosh. Yeah. So that's... It was almost half the population of the South was infected with hookworms. Wow. That's crazy. The Rockefeller Commission ended after only five years. Rockefeller didn't give them any more money, so they just kind of closed up shop after five years. Yeah. Which was way too short to eradicate hookworm in the southern United States, because there's seven and a half million people that have it. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't imagine they're getting that many a year. Right. So, but it did help communities in the South realize that they did have hookworms, and then that was... How to treat it. And how to treat it, and they kind of learned, you know, how to treat it, how to not get reinfected, Mm -hmm. and just kind of be like, it's not just you guys being lazy, and it's not just people getting taken over by something and becoming dirt eaters. Like, it's a real thing that you guys need to watch out for. It's an illness, yeah. It was also found that this hookworm was different than the hookworm that Stiles had studied back in his days in Europe. So it was given a new scientific name, Nicator Americanus, or American Murderer, is the scientific name for it. Wow. Isn't that intense? American Murderer? Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, that that one family lost 15 kids probably. Yeah, I mean, it. it was a pretty apt name. Yeah. It is thought to have had its beginnings in the 17th century when infected Africans were brought to the Americas as slaves and the hookworms quickly grew accustomed to the South's climate. So is there some resent, like some genetic... A, few, a little bit a, of mutation. Species, yeah. Yeah, when some it came ours. over. Hmm. Well, I can't say that that's probably not... Uh, what do you say? Like, like a, karma yeah. for enslaving slavery, people. For slavery. Yeah. But also really crappy because it was the poor people that were affected by it. Right. Not like the, the rich slaves. plantation yeah, yeah, owners yeah, yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. God, that is our thing, though. That's like a... <laughs> uh. I like to think, though, that... So then they say... So it probably came over with enslaved Africans. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said, like, when the Civil War was going on and a lot of more people, like, became poor and conditions became worse because of the war, mm-hmm. um, that's when it actually, hookworms just really took off. Yeah, it was just kind of a yeah. snowball effect. Right. Several years after the Rockefeller Commission ended, studies were conducted that showed that before the hookworm treatments began, there was a strong correlation between low income per capita and high hookworm infections. So basically, the more hookworm infections you had, the less money your community made. Yeah. Um, Communities that had received treatment saw significant income um, improvement. Mm -hmm. There was also a study done that showed that children in the South that received treatment went on to have higher average incomes in adulthood than those children that didn't have the commission come to their town, as much as 25% difference in income. Wow. Which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. 
Though it seemed obvious how to take care of this problem, like you said, basically, like, don't walk and poop, and if you have to, wear shoes. Right. That's kind of the thing. That, you know, yeah, I mean, it's more than that. You gotta, I mean, get, you gotta I mean, eradicate it. I mean, it, it. seems simple, yeah, yeah. but that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. the step seems simple, but it's harder than that. Yeah, in practice. And then actually, the hookworm problem in the South didn't really go away until 1985. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It took about 75 years for them to get it down to that they felt like it wasn't an issue anymore. Wow. There were plants built in the 40s in the South that would have to ship in workers from the North because the Southerners would be too weak to even push a wheelbarrow. Wow. So they'd hire Southern people and they were just so malnourished and anemic that they just couldn't Perform. perform. Wow. In 1947, a baseball commenter said that the Southern players were coming from the hookworm belt, and the disease was still so common that nobody needed needed an explanation of what he meant. Wow. Yeah. However, when it did finally start to dissipate, there were a few different factors that contributed to that, including a rise in cheap and somewhat healthy food, so people are eating healthier. Uh, Indoor plumbing was huge. Yeah. More people moving to cities, so less people actually farming. Out in their gardens Mm -hmm. and farming. Um, More people started wearing shoes. Yeah. And the rise of machines used in agriculture. Hmm. However, it seems like hookworms are making a comeback in the South recently. Really? Yep. They're back. The National School of Tropical Medicine at Baylor College of Medicine, along with the Alabama Center for Rural Enterprise, tested people living in Lowndes County, Alabama, and found that 34% tested positive for genetic traces of hookworms. So one in three people that live in that county either had hookworms or had had hookworms, like, in their lifetime. Wow. Which, that's that's a lot for today, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Because before it was 50-some percent? 40%. Yeah, so you're So you're getting back. But that was one test. That was one county. Right. Yeah. Uh, None of the people that were tested had ever been outside of the United States, Mm -hmm. not even for travel. However, 73% of them said that they had been exposed to raw sewage that ended up in their homes due to faulty septic tanks or waste pipes being overloaded with heavy rainfall. Mm-hmm. People there only make about $18,000 a year on average. And so trying to pay somebody to fix their sewer is hard. Yeah, like Their septic tank or... And a lot of it is actually like they're county, not, like municipal. Central, yeah, they're yeah. not in municipalities. It's um, like drain fields and... Right. Uh, there's also been a large number of criminal prosecutions launched by the state of Alabama against residents that had used open pipes to get the sewage away from their homes. So because these people can't afford their own septic tanks, they're using just open pipes to just to get just it. like get it away from their homes, usually like in surrounding fields, fields or yeah. um so they've also been yeah, charging Wow. Yeah. That's so then crazy. so then people are scared to say anything if yeah. they need if, if they have issues. If they have issues yeah. because they don't want to go to jail. Right. God, so the issue is really just around infrastructure. Exactly. What they need is better infrastructure there. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could, I mean, obviously shoes, I mean. Right. That too. But if you have sewage, raw sewage in your house. Yeah, you're going to get it because it's not like walking around in shoes is. Right. And raw sewage is going to keep it from 
to keep getting to your feet. Right, exactly. Hmm. There is also an estimated 477 million people around the world today that are infected with hookworms. So out of like seven billion people, that's yeah. I feel like that's pretty high. It's pretty high. Yeah. And I was half a bill, like a half a billion out of seven billion. Yeah, I so I was yeah exactly. So I was reading that it was that's like, like a, that's like a twenty like what is that? That's like five percent infection. I think Half even a even even a little bit higher, probably around that though. Point five out of eight. Jeez. So, and I was reading this thing that this one lady she was like, six, you know, it's six and six and a quarter. Yeah. Six and a quarter percent, which oh. is high for a disease. Yeah. You know, and Something so it seems so easily treated. Right. Exactly. And so they were saying, you know, we're talking about Ebola and we're talking about all these other diseases. When mm-hmm. we're look at these people that their lives, their entire lives are ruined. Like once you have that as generations. a child, they've generations. had generations. Once, yeah, and then so basically too, you're poor, so you get hookworms, and because you have hookworms, you stay poor, huh. and it's just this vicious cycle that yeah. you just get dug deep down into. Wow. Wow. Yeah, like that you said, are ruining generations of families. Literally. Like, yeah. literally. Yeah. So, luckily, there is a vaccine in the works that would actually kill a hookworm, but it would still have to latch onto your body first. Hmm. But it would basically shoot a whole bunch of antibodies uh, into the worm to kill it. Mm-hmm. And then it would die. But it's not so, like even, if you are expo- even if you are in a situation where you can't, where you can't get away from the sewage and yeah. you can't get shoes or you know you're still getting it. Yeah, but I feel it's like still God, not the amount of money, the amount of money that they're dumping into a vaccine that they could just, you know, they could use it towards infrastructure. Right. Because like, I I feel like, you know, you look at any major civilization in history, mm-hmm. and what does it all come down to? The infrastructure. Right, exactly. Like, like if you've got you know, roads and you've got, you know, sanitation and you've got water and you've got, well, nowadays power. Right. Cell service. Like, that's what drives the infrastructure. Right. Or the the productivity. And, and the growth of cities. Yeah, and, and the yeah. growth. Yeah. And sewer. It's not pretty to talk about it, but yeah. we need it. It is not. It makes me, my stomach kind of, uh... (laughs) Turn a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that is the story of... Southerners weren't dumb and lazy. They were just They don't have the big... It's not the big lazy. (laughs) It's not the big lazy. Yeah. Just had hookworms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then, you know, and it's like, that. I feel like that connotation is still around today. Like, the South never got rid of that... Like stereotype. No, yeah. It just kind of. Well, you were. What did you? You were down there for. I was. I lived in Alabama for just three months. Yeah, for an internship. For an internship, yeah, and I mean, you still are like, and they even make fun of themselves. They're like, "Yeah, we're slow," but they say because it's the air's too thick, like you're saying, to move too fast, and and that's true. The air is very thick, and it feels like you're swimming. Yeah, I've been. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Not the South, but Missouri is very hot and humid yeah. in the summer times. And yeah, it is like 
You're going nowhere fast. Especially when you come from Idaho, where we have such low humidity. Yeah, we're, we all actually, the time. We're actually, like, living in high desert, yeah. and then you go somewhere that's, like, 98% humidity. Yeah. The nice thing was that I never had to use lotion. Yeah. My skin was always yeah. moisturized. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, my sources for this story are... Blood Money, Hookworm Economics in the Postbellum South by Rebecca Creston. Rockefeller Medicine Men, Medicine and Capitalism in America by E. Richard Brown. Hookworm, A Disease of Extreme Poverty is Throwing in the U.S. South. Why? By Ed Pilkington. Southerners Weren't Lazy, Just Infected with Hookworms by Sarah Emerson. The Cure for Two Million Sick by Francis Mal Bjorkman in The World's Work, Volume 18. And How a Worm Gave the South a Bad Name by Rachel Neuer. And that last one was my main source. Yeah. as a PBS Nova article, yeah. and it was really good. Yeah. She was actually talking about an article. Her mom grew up in the South, mm-hmm. and uh, her mom was always like, hey, you need to put... You need to put shoes, shoes on. on. Do yeah. not go outside without shoes on. And yeah. was like all about that. Because yeah. she was grew up with the worms. And, yeah. yeah. And knew about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Presidential trivia. Truman. What did the S and President Harry S. Truman's name mean? Smith. Smith? Nope. It uh, actually is just nothing. It stood for S. S. That was it. His name was literally Harry S. Truman. Just an initial. Just an literally initial. Literally an initial. Uh, his parents made a compromise between both of his grandfather's names, Anderson Ship Truman and Solomon Young. So they're like... Both, Solomon and Ship. Yeah. So Ship both, Solomon. Both of his uh, grandfather's names had an S in it. And so that's how they we got a, it. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's actually still controversy even today if there should be a period after the S or not. Oh, really? Yeah, people fight about that. <laughs> oh, because it's literally just an S. It's literally it's just an S. It's not short for anything, right. so it shouldn't have a period. It should not have a period. That's where I stand on this issue. Yeah. Somebody come fight me about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to stand I'm my taking, ground. <laughs> I'm taking your side on this one. I agree. I think that's, I think that's a good stance. Yeah. yeah. Even uh, if I didn't, I wouldn't say I, I disagreed. Yeah. Uh, if you like this podcast please rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to us so other people can find out about us and what you think about us whether it's good or bad yeah we appreciate it all yes if you Uh, maybe not the best but but we'll we'll take it just (laughs) be truthful yeah uh if you would like to learn more about the show notes learn more about the episode topics or look at merchandise go to americathebazaar.com if you would like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com and search for America the Bazaar. You look like you wanted to add something. I was just going to say, we had nine, we've, we've, the, just last week we topped 9,000 total downloads. And we appreciate every single one of them. It's so yes, awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. We appreciate it so, so much. Yeah, that's super and cool. Can't wait to, you know, keep growing and. Making more episodes. Making more episodes, and I love it. I just maybe I'll launch a spinoff where we go. Jeremy tells a story. Jeremy tells a story, and it's <laughs> yeah. You have to stop this podcast. 
go listen to his to finish his story that yeah. would take too long to yeah. fit in this yeah. episode. Yeah. And then Those are going to be like three hour long. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of tangents. A lot of tangents, a lot of twists and curves, and yeah. usually no punchline. Nope. <laughs> and at the end, and you go, what? <laughs> yeah. What, what did I just listen to? <laughs> That's why you're so good at uh, writing this. the stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I, like, even when I was doing my research for the Buffalo Soldiers episode, uh, I was like, I I just got so entranced with the story and I just wanted to make it so robust and, and, and complete, in my mind at least. Yeah. And so I'd start going down these, like, rabbit holes and... You know, the meme where the cat's just, like, banging on the keyboard. Like, that was me, like, doing research. I'm just like, oh, my God, I got to research it all. And then you're like, are you ready to record this week? And I'm like, I'm supposed to be, huh? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, not quite. Can I uh, get, like, another week or two? So, anyways. It worked out, took It took me a lot of editing and refining to, to it was good it. though it turned out yeah. that was a good episode yeah yeah but i don't know how you do it every week it's pretty cool too so. well see that's why i actually started this podcast because i love reading history stories yeah. i'm actually a huge history nerd and i love just like reading articles about all of this weird stuff yeah. and i also like talking to you i like telling people about it yeah. which you're like the only person like around me and especially that I can, nowadays that i can like get so, into a corner and tell and yeah. so this way i feel like it's more fun that yeah. I'm not just being like, get to hey, tell me. this story. And I get, and you don't and you, get your phone, and yeah. so you can just listen to me. Yeah. That's why I started yeah. this, was so I'm you stuck. can actually see. I'm trapped here. Yeah, stick you with me. Help me. You can maintain eye contact the entire time I tell you a story. That's the point of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just want to say, stay safe. Stay healthy. And until next time, stay, stay weird, America. America.